I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. This, this message, this word, is very important in the day and in the hour that we live in. We've been talking about what a, tonight, actually, we're going to be talking about what a praying parent can do. And we're going to start off here at Psalms 127, verse 3 and 4. Our text for all these lives is, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Now I'm going to review a couple of things that I said last week because it's, I just think it's a good way to start. Um, we said last week that the, the children, the babies, and all the way up to the millennials, that they are a chosen, they are a marked generation. And the enemy is afraid of them. He is afraid of them taking their place. He is afraid of them rising up and being what God has called them to be. He's not necessarily afraid of who they are right now. He is afraid of who they will become. Because I believe they have more potential and more gifting than any other uh, generation that has ever walked the face of this earth. I shared with you before that Kenneth E. Hagin had a word of prophecy years ago. And in his word of prophecy, he said that there's going to come a time, he said that there's going to be a people, and it's going to be said of them like it was said of the early church, that they that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. And I truly believe that as these young kids and these millennials and all the children that are in the earth today, as they find, as they take their place, find out who they are in Christ, find out what their destiny and their purpose is, I believe that's going to be the fulfillment of that prophecy that Kenneth E. Hagin had all those years before. So there is a call on this generation, the generations, that is. 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. They are chosen and they are special. The world and the devil is picking up on their destiny and the enemy sees it and he is afraid. That's why there's so much war after their purpose, war um, in their emotional realm, war over their destiny because the enemy wants to sift them and stop them and keep them from reaching their full potential. That's why we're doing these lives because we're teaching you how to pray for them and prayer opens up the door for God to work. And we have not because we ask not. And so therefore, when we take our place as praying parents, it stills the avenger, puts him to flight, aborts his plans. You know, the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you look at those scriptures right before that, he's talking about the devils, the demons, and the evil spirits. And he's reminding us tonight, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, that the greater one is on the inside of us. 
and the greater one in us through our prayers can overcome the plans and the schemes of the wicked one. Jeremiah 1.5, before God ever formed these children in their mother's womb, God said, in Jeremiah's case, I knew him, and in Jeremiah's case, his destiny was to be a prophet to the nations. I had a word at Yolanda's this uh, event years ago, and the Lord said to us through prophecy, he said, there has never been a time and there's never been a season where there are so many uh, five-fold ministry gifts on the inside of these kids. And that's what the enemy's trying to stop. He's trying to abort the plan because great grace is upon these children. And that's what he's trying to abort. But we're not going to let him. And that's why we're doing what we're called to do in this day and in this hour. Ecclesiastes 3.2. There is a time and a purpose for everything under heaven, and there is a time to be born. And it was God's will, God's plan, and God's purpose that these children, all these children, were born in this time. And we said it last week, we'll say it again, that these children, um, the Lord said to, to me at a, at, a, at a meeting at Grace and Peace right here in New Jersey, he said there is something on the inside of these young people that heretofore has not been put or placed on the inside of any other children that ever walked the face of this earth. Those who God calls, he equips, and he's equipped them to live in this time and in this season. They have something that you and I don't carry and don't have. So they're born for this time. They're raised up for this time, and they are like our arrows, and they're, they're, they're going to be shot into their destinies as we undergird them with our prayers. Okay? So as, as, and us as parents and grandparents as well, we have been chosen to be in their life as spiritual leaders and prophetic watchmen. So it was no accident that they were born in your household and in your family. God knew that you had what it takes to, to train them, to equip them, to strengthen them, to speak into their lives. As a matter of fact, my kids didn't know this, but when they were growing up, I would always turn Joyce Meyer on at 7 in the morning, and when they were eating their breakfast, getting ready for school, I was very strategic in my training um, in, in the ways of God. And I would put Joyce Myers on, and while they ate breakfast, the Word of God came out of that TV. You could see it behind me, and it went into their hearts. It didn't return void. It went into their spirits, and it's still alive on the inside of them today. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. They may waver, they may falter, they may have issues, they have different things going on, but the word of God that's been implanted in their hearts since they were children does not return void. So my question for all of us is, are we preparing the way for our children in the spirit? Are we supporting them in the most important and effective way? How can we also help them reach their full potential and ultimate destiny? Because we took them to dance class. We took them to all their sports practices. We drove them everywhere. You know, we made healthy foods for them. We did all these things in the natural. But let's not neglect the spiritual part of, of, of training our children and getting them to where they need to be. And that is 
through the place and in the place of prayer, okay? So prayer opens up the door for God to work, and I love saying that. I think I got that, that, that sentence from Joyce Meyer. I just love it, and I think it's a mantra that we need to say over and over and over in our heads, especially when we're discouraged, especially when we see circumstances don't align with what the Word of God says about our children, that prayer opens up the door for God to work. James 5.16 says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, let's say righteous parent, because that's our subject, makes tremendous power available, amplified, dynamic in its working. And, you know, uh, the Circle Maker by Mark Batterson, he said, Every prayer is like a seed that gets planted in the ground. He also said, you'll never be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. Prayer is your highest privilege as a parent. Prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets who shape the destinies of their children, grandchildren, and every generation that follows. Your prayers for your children are the greatest legacy that you can leave. Now, just remember that it's not just the children that are born out of your physical womb. It's also the children that are also spiritual children. They're, 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 they're in your circle and in your sphere of influence. And God has placed these children around you for you to be prophetic watchmen, for you to pray for them, for you at times to even counsel them. So let's keep that in mind. Okay? So, so what can a praying parent do? We're not going to get into the totality of this teaching, but I want to encourage you. I have a book called Marked for Intercession, and I define the prayer of intercession. I define the different kinds of prayer. It's very thorough. There's a lot of scripture in here, and we can only do so much in the next several weeks. But if you want a good book, a good manual about the prayer of intercession, I would encourage you to get this book. Not only that, if you could please share this video on your wall, I would greatly appreciate it. So there are different kinds of prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says, Amplified says, praying always. Amplified says, with all manner of prayer. Another translation says, all different kinds of prayer. So this is a subject that we're not going to take a lot of time in, but there are all different kinds of prayers spoken of in the Word of God. For example, there's the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is not praying for, your, for somebody else. The prayer of faith is where you have a need in your life, and according to Mark 11, 23 and 24, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. So if you have a need, you go to God, you ask him to provide that need according to his word, and he will do it. And after that, after that prayer, you don't pray that prayer over and over and over and over again. You just simply thank him for it. Thank you, Father, that you hear me when I pray. You hear me always when I pray. And I've already prayed. I've already believed. I've already received. And now I'm just going to thank you for it. So there's a prayer of faith. There's the prayer of binding and loosing. There's prayer in the spirit for, for personal edification. There's prayer, I call it the prayer of surrender. I also have a book on that as well. It's the prayer of surrender where you go to God and you're in a crossroad and you say to God, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know.
know how exactly, you know, what the, the right decision is. And you go to him and you surrender to him like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And that's the prayer of surrender. There's the prayer of worship. And that's where you go to God and it's all about him. And you worship him in spirit and in truth. And you honor him. You glorify him. You like, like the book of Revelations, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, heaven and earth is filled with your glory. And you focus in on him. And it's simple, pure worship. Jesus said, I'm looking for a people who will worship God in spirit and in truth. And you're just worshiping him and you're honoring him. And then there's the prayer that I've had to pray. I had to pray it today, actually, where you just go to God and you cast all of your cares all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all, over on him. So when we're talking about the different kinds of prayer, the one I'm emphasizing tonight is the prayer of intercession. And what's important for us to remember is that each prayer has its own set of rules, so to speak, to get results. Okay, stay with me. It's, for example... You can't play football with baseball rules. In other words, you won't score, you won't have, you know, you won't have results. And so therefore, you know, you've got to have the right set of rules with the right kind of praying. And so it is when we talk about what a praying parent can do. I'm talking about the prayer of intercession, which isn't the same as the prayer of faith. And we're going to talk about this. The prayer of faith, you pray, you believe you receive, and you go on and you thank God. When it comes to what a praying parent can do, the prayer of intercession is the kind of praying that's a continual kind of prayer. You continually go in, you continually pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray until the burden that you have on the inside for your child is released. It's a different kind of praying. Okay, and if we get uh, we get all these rules mixed up, we're not like I said going to score. And what is the rule book? The rule book is the Word of God. So, what is an intercessor? What is the prayer of intercession? Number one, the prayer of intercession is not praying for yourself; it's prayer for another. Or for tonight, it's when a parent prays not for themselves. Yeah, you might say, you know, God. Give me wisdom. I need wisdom. Give me wisdom in how to deal with this situation. You could pray that way. Yes, of course. Or you could pray the simple prayer. Help. Help, God. I don't know what to do. I don't know exactly how to navigate this situation with my child. So you pray, help. <laughs> that, that works. But the prayer of intercession is prayer or a parent praying for their child or their grandchild. It's prayer for another Okay, Ezekiel 22:30 says, I sought for a man among them who would stand in the gap before God. So the prayer of intercession is where you as a parent, you're standing before God and you're standing before him and you're in between God. It's being, you're in between your child and God. You're the mediator. You're the go-between. We're going to read the scriptures. You're laying one hand on God, one hand on your child, and you are the intercessor, mediator. Webster says it is a go-between. 
an intercessor, one who interposes between two parties at variance for the purpose of reconciling them. An intercessor or the prayer of intercession, the intercessor is as a lawyer who pleads the case on the behalf of another. You're pleading the case. You are as a lawyer and you're standing in the gap and you're before the courts of heaven and you're using the word of God as the law. And we know that God said, I will hasten my word to perform it. I am not a man that I should lie, neither the son of man that I should repent. What I've spoken, I'll make good. So you're an intercessor, praying parent, and you're praying for your child, and you're using the word of God, and the word of God doesn't return void. You're before the courts of heaven, and you're praying, and you're standing in the gap on the behalf of your children. And like we said, prayer opens up the door for God to work. Okay, here's another definition. Webster says to plead or to make a request on the behalf of another to intervene with the purpose of producing agreement. Uh, the Greek word means to get the ear of a king on the behalf of another. And how many of you know that Jesus and the Father, that he is our King of kings and our Lord of lords. And as intercessors, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ. We are complete in him. We know who we are. We're washed in the blood. We're new creations in Christ. And we stand before the throne of grace on the behalf of our children, Hebrews 4.16. We're getting the ear of the king on the behalf of our children. I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Uh, Kenneth E. Hagin said, some people will never get saved, never get healed, never get delivered, unless someone goes into the realm of the spirit and breaks the power of the devil, stands in the gap for them, and intercedes for them. Okay? I don't know. I know some people, their hearts are, are more open and more yielded. And when we begin to, they, they begin to hear the gospel and they hear teachings, they already respond. But some people are so hardened and so uh, difficult and, and so blinded spiritually by the devil that if we don't go in and if we don't stand in the gap for them and we don't start start pushing back the forces of darkness, they're not going to be able to hear the light of the glorious gospel that is being spoken to them. You see, again, prayer opens up the door for God to work. Romans 15, 1, Galatians uh, 6, 2. You then that are strong, praying parents, you can bear the infirmities of the weak, of your child. Bear, that word bear means to lift up, to to lift up with the idea of completely removing it from another person. So when you pray the prayer of intercession for your child, you're going into the realm of the spirit and you're lifting up with the idea of completely removing that scruple of conscience, that unbelief from their mind. The Bible says that, that Satan has blinded the minds of those that believe not, lest what? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. When I think of that, I think of revelation knowledge. It's just like this. Those of you, remember when you were saved? Remember that day? It was like all of a sudden, like the light went on. You had revelation. 
And when you begin to pray and stand in the gap for your children, it lifts up the darkness, lifts off the spiritual warfare from your kids, and, and it causes revelation knowledge to begin to be churned and stirred all around them. Okay? Now, the prayer of intercession is the greatest act of love we can do for our children. It is the greatest manifestation, believe it or not, of love. We love our children. And that's why I, I, I do take prayer requests, and I'll continue to take prayer requests, of course. But there's greater love, there's no man than this, that a man, a praying mom or dad, lays down his life, or aunt, uncle, grandmother, for their children. It is the greatest act of love. And it's even a double whammy when you stand in the gap on the behalf of your own children. Okay? Now, one thing I just want to say also that keeps coming up in my spirit is that though we're absent in the flesh, we are present in the spirit. So you don't have to have your kids physically in your home or physically around you or you don't have to physically lay hands on them. Your prayers as a, as a praying parent go into the realm of the spirit and begins to uh, 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 work right where your child is. So they may be at a bar somewhere, sitting there, you know, partying. And as you begin to pray for them, the Holy Spirit descends. The power of the Most High starts to manifest on their lives. They don't see it, but there's a sense of conviction because the prayers of intercession causes the Holy Spirit to be activated on their behalf. How is he activated? What's his ministry? His ministry is to convict and convince the lost of their need for Jesus. So you're not with them physically, but if they're out somewhere, you can be, begin to pray for them, and it releases the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and he begins to be activated, and they begin to be convicted of the things that they are doing. I know for me, when, when I was growing up, at about teenage years, I fell away from God, and I, I stopped serving God. I always had a heart for God and loved God, but I had my little time when I went away from the things of God, and I didn't know it that my mother and her pastor and his wife started really praying for me, and they were not praying uh, worry prayers or fear prayers or prayers of like this, real quick prayers. They were praying the prayer of intercession. They were going into the realm of the spirit and they were groaning in the spirit, praying in tongues for me, binding the devil and, and loosing the angels. And during that time in that season, I didn't know that they were praying for me until they told me later. And I can remember being in the car and I can remember, you know, hearing secular music and I can remember being convicted and, and of, uh, convict, convicted and convinced of my need for Jesus. Listen, listen, my friends, this is very encouraging to those of you that are, are kids that are, quote, backslidden. I literally, it was like there was something around my head that was talking to me about Jesus. But what was that something? That was the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He was being activated. He was being released. Okay, why? Because it's the power of a praying parent. Okay, prayer opens up the door for God to work. Later on, I literally heard the audible voice of God that said, only believe, and I was saved. I came to the knowledge of the truth instantaneously 
the power of darkness went off of me, the love of God came into me, and I was born again. But they birthed me first in the place of prayer, okay? They did it first in the spirit. And whatever you do in the spirit eventually lines up with the natural. So I just want to encourage you with those words, okay? So when it comes to the prayer of intercession, the prayer of intercession requires perseverance or importunity. Importunity is a pressing solicitation, an urgent request, which is urged on with troublesome frequency, persistent in asking or demanding. Now, when we say asking or demanding, we're not saying we're demanding of God and we're going to teach you how to pray. We're demanding of the devil that he take his hands off of our children, off of our grandchildren, off of those kids that are a sphere of influence. We're commanding him to take their hands off of them. And then we're also asking of God. You know, Psalms 2.8 says, ask for the heathen. They're your inheritance. And the uttermost parts of the world are your possession. So this kind of praying requires importunity, requires perseverance. Luke 18.1, Jesus said, men ought to always pray and not faint. Okay, so you can't faint if you don't see visible results. Men ought to always pray and not faint because discouragement is an enemy to your prayers. Discouragement is an enemy to your prayers. And Satan will try to come and get you to look at the natural, look at what's going on, see with the eyes of these natural eyes, and he'll try to get you discouraged. And sometimes, now hear me out, sometimes the devils that are influencing those children you're praying for, they even begin to manifest. Because when you sometimes start praying for these children, sometimes they get worse before they get better. Why? Because the devils, they know they got to go. The authority is being taken over them. Their, their influence is being uh, uh, messed up. And so the person you're praying for gets convicted and becomes miserable. And the demons don't want to let go. And so there's all this chaos and confusion. So when you see that happening, just know, my friends, that your prayers are working. Prayer opens up the door for God to work. So when things start getting worse, just know that you're going to come to a place of birth. You're going to come to a place where it's going to, it's going to break open. Listen, we're talking about intercession. You're going to come to a place of breakthrough. And when that breakthrough comes, they're going to come into the knowledge of the truth. They're going to be born again. They're going to be set free. Just remember what God said in his word is yes and amen. Okay? So when it comes to the prayer of intercession, we said you lay one hand on man, one hand on God. It's very important that no matter what you see, you don't let go. Okay? Don't let go. It's like this. It's a position in the spirit. It's a position that though you're absent from in the flesh, you're present with them in the spirit. You hold on to them in the spirit. You don't let go. Don't ever let go. Hold on to them in the spirit. Okay? Here's scripture, Job 9, 32 and 33. It says, he, he, for he, speaking of God, now Job saw his need for an intercessor. For he is not a man as I am that I should answer him. 
and that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who might lay his hand upon us both. Now that's the intercessor. He's the mediator. You lay one hand on your child, one hand on God, and you don't let go. Okay? Job 22, 26 through 28. And then you will have delight in the Almighty, and you will lift up your face to God. You will pray to him, and he will hear you, and you will pay your vows. You will also decide and decree a thing, and it will be established for you, and the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. There is another scripture that's the, another translation, I didn't have it written down, says, you will... Uh, because you are the righteousness of God in Christ, I'm paraphrasing, it says in that verse, it says, you will even deliver the one who is, he will even deliver the one who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered because of the pureness of your hands. Okay, so that's the prayer of intercession. So where do we begin? Where do we begin? Number one, Know his general will for the children you're praying for. Know his general will. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Children are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A lack of uh, knowledge uh, of, 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 for us in praying for them. Okay? But we're going to teach on this. And Romans 10.17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's important that we know his general will and knowing his general will will build faith in our hearts, faith in our lives, faith in our prayers, and we won't perish. We won't see our kids on that wrong path perpetually, okay? So what is his general will? First Timothy 2.4, God said, I would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's God's will that all of your children... All of those kids in your sphere of influence, it's his will that they be saved. There's none of this predestination. You know, it's not God's will that they be saved. No, he said here in the scripture, I would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So you have that as a promise, my friends. You have that as a promise. Okay, here's another scripture, Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord... And you will be saved and your household. Right? And your household. That's a good scripture to stand on. Knowing his general will. That's his will. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That word salvation is the Greek word, because the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek, Greek in the New Testament. That Greek word is soteria, and it means healing. I'm, I'm sensing the Holy Ghost on this really strong right now. I mean, he's been on everything, thank God, because last week I had a lot of warfare. But he's on this really strong. Soteria, it means healing, deliverance, 
safety and soundness. I am not ashamed of the gospel that brings healing, deliverance, safety, and soundness to my children and all of my godchildren and all of the young people in my sphere of influence. So that's his general will. His will that they all be saved, all be healed, all be delivered, all be set free, all have sound minds. As a matter of fact, it says in 1 John 2, it says, Beloved above all, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Here's some more promises for our children. And it, it's worth repeating because we said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Isaiah 54.13, All of your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be the peace of your children. Philippians 1.6, Being confident of this, he that has begun a good work in my children will bring it all the way to completion. They're going to run the race, Hebrews 12, and lay aside every weight and any sin that would so easily beset them. And Lord, we thank you that they're going to look unto you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of their faith. Bring it to completion, Lord. We trust you to do that. Isaiah 49, 25 says, I will contend with those who contend with you and your children. I will save. So know his general will. Number two, knowing his will builds confidence. Knowing his will builds confidence in prayer, builds your faith, builds your confidence. Because when you know what the word of God says about your children, you're not moved by what you see. You're not moved by what you hear. You're not moved by what their behavior is. You know that, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that all of your children are taught of the Lord, and great is the peace and the undisturbed composure of your children. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. Okay? And if we know that he hears us, that's my dog. You all know about Milo. Milo. You know about Milo. <laughs> and if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, because we know God hears you when you pray. God said, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive unto my prayers. Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you hear me always when I pray. When you pray, your prayers go into the hands of Jesus and he presents them before the throne of God. Okay? He hears you when you pray. And that we, if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire we ask of him. Okay? Now, knowing his will, we said, increases your faith. We're not going to be able to get into uh, all the how to pray, really. And it's fine. We have weeks to do this. As long as the Holy Spirit takes us, I'm going to continue to teach you. Knowing his will will increase your faith. Now, what is faith? Amplified says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. 
and the evidence of things not seen, convicted of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So when you know his will, it increases your faith. Faith is a substance of two things. The faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things you don't see, okay? Faith is certain and isn't concerned about the circumstances, actions, words, or behavior of our children, but instead looks at the promises of God for our children. James 1.6 says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Matthew 14, 20, uh, 14, 22, and 23, you know the story of Peter? Jesus told him, come on, step out of the boat, walk on the water. Peter had the faith to step out of the boat. Thank God he even stepped out of the boat. The rest of them stayed in the boat. So Peter gets out, he steps out of the boat, he's walking on the water, he's looking at Jesus, and what happened? He started looking at the circumstances, looking all around him, and that's when he began to sink. Okay, that's what happens sometimes when we look at the circumstances, the things that are going on around our children, right? We get discouraged. We grow weary in well-doing. Things start getting tougher. So instead of staying in faith, sometimes we start to sink. And listen, we've all done it. We've all been there. We've all, you know, we're, you know we've all felt like we were sinking, okay? But this is not a time for us to draw back. It's a time for us to press in and help push through the destinies you know, that it's on the inside of our children. So stay in faith. Who is the who is stay in faith? Because Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith and your children's faith. Lastly, delay is not denial. We're going to close with this, and then next week I'm going to teach you how to pray. Okay. But we had to get into this first. Delay is not denial. Romans 4.17, God made a promise to Abraham that he would become the father of many nations and in hope believed so that he may become the father of many nations. According to the scripture says, what was spoken. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Because God said, listen, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to have a son. This is going to happen. But he did not consider his own body already dead. And since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver and get discouraged, sink at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God. My friends, it took 25 years for this promise to be fulfilled. 25 years. Now let me read this footnote. How long did Abraham and Sarah wait for the arrival of their promised heir, Isaac? God first revealed to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations when he called him to leave his country and go into the land God would show him. Abraham was 75 years old. 15 years later, when Abraham was 90, 
God renewed his promise. Ten years later, at the age of 100, Abraham and Sarah finally had their son. That's a total of 25 years before the fullness of time. Thank God Abraham didn't, didn't, gave, gave glory to God. Thank God he didn't waver in unbelief. Thank God he held fast the confession of his faith without wavering. Thank God he didn't consider the circumstances, but he considered God who was faithful to his word, God who was faithful to his promise, God who was faithful to what he said. And God said concerning you, concerning your household, that you will be saved and your entire household. Just be patient, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in laboring in prayer on their behalf because though the vision tarry, though things are, still look like they may be on hold, it is going to speak. There will be a performance of those things told you by the Lord. All the promises of God are yes and amen. It is going to surely come to pass. It's going to happen. Just keep holding on. Don't faint if you don't see visible results. Okay? So next week, we're going to get into exactly how to pray, how to pray, and then at some point, we're going to get into prayer alerts. Why don't we go ahead? I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Actually, here, here, this would be a good idea right here. Why don't you just, just mentally or on a piece of paper, write down the names of your children, the people that are in your sphere of influence, the young people that are in your sphere of influence. Write them down on a piece of paper or have them in your head or write them down on your notepad in your phone. Write them down and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray for them. You may say, well, how could you pray for my child? I mean, you're, you're in New Jersey and you don't know my child. Well, let me tell you, God is very intentional. There's no time and distance in the spirit. He knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He knows the children that you have in your sphere of influence. And he is such a big God. He knows how many hairs we have on our head. And so, therefore, when I pray this universal prayer, you just grab it and receive it. For these children that you have in your heart tonight. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I pray for all the children that are represented on this live and even on the replay. Father, I pray, first of all, that you would open up the eyes of these young people's understanding. I pray that they would know what is the hope of their calling. I pray, Father, that these young people, these children, Father, that all of them would be taught by you. And we speak peace to them. We speak peace to them. We speak life to them. We pray, Father, that these children would have a revelation of your love, the height, the depth, the breadth, and the length of your love. We pray that they would understand who you are and how big your heart is. We pray that you would open up the treasures of your heart and reveal yourself to these young people. Reveal yourselves to these children. Father, all of us on this live, and those on the replay, Lord, we ask for a revival, a renewal, a, a, uh, an awakening. We ask that it would come to the youth that are in the world today. Father, many of us have seen the power of God. We've seen miracles. We've seen and had demonstrations. Father, we ask that these young people would have the same privilege, and that is to see the demonstration of your spirit and power. 
so that their faith won't be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Lord, we pray that you would rise up within them and rise up within the earth and come upon them. We ask that there would be a saturation of your presence on all of these children in Jesus' name. And we stand in agreement, all of us. We all stand in agreement. And we give you all the glory and all the praise, all the honor for everything that you're doing and about to do. And by the way, I bind you, Satan, you spirits of darkness, you ruler of the darkness of this world. I take authority over the spirits of darkness that has kept some of our children blinded from seeing the truth of God's word. I call back the wayward child. I call back the prodigal son or daughter. We call you back in Jesus' name. Pray with me. We call you back in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Father, we call for an apprehension, just like Maria Conrad says, an apprehension of these youth that are in the world today. We call for an apprehension that you would apprehend them. You would, you would, you would manifest yourself to them. And those, Father, on this live that are believers, Father, we pray that you would strengthen them for the times and the seasons that they live in that there would be a strengthening with might by your spirit in their inner man, that they would be strengthened. And we pray that they would put off the old man and put on the new man and run the race that's set before them. And Lord God, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Lord, I could sense your heart. There's so many wayward children, those that have gone a different route. But Lord, we lay hands on them and we call them back. Just call their names, even as you're sitting there, wherever you are. We call them back in Jesus' name. We call them back. I call them back. We call them back, Lord. We call them back. Call them back. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Because when we don't know what to pray, then we pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.